Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to yet another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. I'm sure you're all just as sick of the whole social distancing. <laughs> As we are, but we are going to bring you a little bit of distancing on this episode of the podcast. We're going to do some dynasty distancing. Matt will bring you in first. It was your idea. You said last week, man, I can't believe nobody else has done it. I don't think anybody else has done dynasty distancing as a topic. Sounds like a fun one, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody has. We, we, I think we came up with this idea several weeks ago before we started the, the last series we did. Uh, but it seems pretty obvious to me we got to pick players that we're going to avoid, right? And we might use our might as well use our current situation to, to frame that. So these are just going to be players in each of the first 10 rounds of the startup draft that we are distancing ourselves from. Yeah, so we're going to go round by round. Brian, let's bring you in as well. How's it going? First of all, you got you got some startup drafts going on right now that's exciting for us dynasty owners yeah it is i've got uh i've got a couple going on right now and as soon as matt gets his stuff together i'll have a startup auction going as well that's always that's even more fun than a startup draft in my opinion uh but yeah multiple startup drafts prior to the nfl draft of course one includes rookies one includes rookie picks it's interesting to see the uh, the the different strategies employed with with those two options. Yeah, different strategies indeed. And and one of those drafts that you have going on right now is one that you and I are teaming up with. Uh, that's in the DLF Champions League, which is pretty new. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's a it's a lot of fun. I know Ryan and I teamed up on the one that I just mentioned. Also, Matt, you have one uh, the same league actually, just in a different conference or division i guess that you're competing in as well yeah you guys were afraid you didn't want to tell me when you were going to sign up so that we could be in the same league that's, that's, that was my understanding for the record ryan posted it on twitter immediately where to, where you could take on ryan and myself and, and you're just slow just to see it <laughs> yeah you, you, it was just too much for you to text me i know you had to make it, make me go look on some public application where i had to find it uh, it's not like we talk every day or anything like that. We couldn't just throw it right to you. 
But but really, we are competing against each other for the big prize because we are in the same league. We're in the zero zero five DLF Champions League, uh, and the 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 grand prize in that thing across the four divisions is a thousand dollar grand prize. So we can all prove to each other who the best at Dynasty is, right? Yeah, we're well, we're gonna we're definitely gonna see in twenty what twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's a three-year thing, a uh, three-year commitment, really. And after the three years, whoever whoever's really the best over that three-year stretch wins that $1,000 grand prize. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. The Cup Series has – we match up a bunch of things like Superflex and Tight End Premium. There's divisions and, and points and payouts awarded each year. The bonus that I just mentioned is that every third year, your cumulative – points go up against a larger field that all four divisions in that championship series and the winner with the most cumulative points is that champions cup winner that thousand dollar winner so so all of you out there if you're interested in competing with guys like ryan and matt and myself and even john bosch who you teamed up with there matt and and others in the dlf community and really the dynasty community all the way around go over to dynastyleaguefootball.com slash safe leagues to sign up for one of these leagues today a uh, great way to pass the time as we're all trying to trying to get through this social distancing. We're all locked in our in our dynasty cellars. Uh, it's fun to fun to be drafting against some of the best out there, and especially with that big prize on the line. So let's get to what we wanted to talk about the most this week, guys, and that that's this dynasty distancing topic. And as Matt mentioned, we're going to go round by round according to DLF ADP, the most recent ADP. And pick the the players we're we're trying to distance ourselves from. Guys, we're not selecting in these startup auctions. Guys, we're uh, trying to stay away from, or maybe maybe send away in in trade offers if we already have them on our roster. So let's start in round one, fellas. We all made our own selections, of course, before the the episode. Matt, since it's your your topic, you came up with this great idea. Why don't you tell me who you're distancing yourself from in the, among those round one, number one through 12 in DLF ADP? Yeah, and, and we're in round one, so we, we probably like all of these players, even the ones we're going to throw out here. And I just went with Michael Thomas because he's up to 103 overall, uh, obviously the first wide receiver off the board. And I, I think it's a fine price if if you want to go that route, if you're really going to build wide rec- round wide receivers. But we do have to remember, you know, he's, he's certainly not always right in the middle of that prime at 27, but uh, I think we've had some rumors leaked out where Breeze is, you know, he, he signed a two-year contract, but probably this is going to be his last year, although we have been saying that for several years now. Um, I, I just think that the wide receiver uh, tier, top tier, is so large that there's no reason to reach at th- at third overall there. If you're in a one quarterback draft, uh, then you know I think you go ahead and grab one of these top running backs because you're not going to get those certainly uh, at your second pick. Uh, whereas the wide receivers that are available at the end of that second round are you know maybe not quite in the class of Thomas, but certainly fine for your wide receiver one. Um, so that's just the route I would prefer to go. And then in a sa- in, by by the same uh, the same idea in a superflex league, you know. If you don't get one of those top top running backs, if you don't get the top running back at 103, then you're going to get one of those top two quarterbacks uh, in Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. So I just feel at that spot in the draft at the 103, there are better options. So that's why I'm distancing, distancing myself from Thomas at that spot. Yeah, Thomas probably isn't a guy that you're eager to trade away. I mentioned that in the 
in the prelude, I guess. But certainly a guy, if you're sitting on the clock at three, that, that you're considering those running backs. I was actually, I kind of fall on the other side of that argument. If I'm there at three, I'm a little more eager to take Thomas than I am Kamara or Elliott. We've talked, and especially Delvin Cook as well. We've talked a lot about those second contracts for these young running backs, although they all fall in that 23, 24, 25-year-old range. It feels to me like I want the safety and security of the 27-year-old wide receiver over some of those running backs. So so I dabbled. I thought about taking Kamara or Elliott or, or Cook, uh, maybe even Joe Mixon. I ended up going with Nick Chubb, though, who falls at 11th in our ADP. Um, considering the depth chart in Cleveland, uh, the running back depth chart that is, and, and that that stigma of that second contract, which is right around the corner for Chubb, I think I'd rather go with some of these wide receivers that, that we've talked about in the first round, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, go a little bit farther, bottom of the set first round, uh, Chris Godwin, and even DJ Moore. I'd take all those guys over Nick Chubb. So if, if I'm trying to trade away Chubb, I'm, I'm targeting some of those guys. Ryan, I think you went the same way as well. I did. I went uh, also with Nick Chubb. And <clears throat> even though he's at the end of the first round, as as you suggested, there's there's several players I would prefer over him. And a lot of that has to do with Kareem Hunt still on that roster. There was, there was some thought that uh, as a restricted free agent, maybe he would find a new team that was not the case back with the Browns. And if you look at Chubb's numbers uh, with Hunt and without Hunt last year, they're so vastly different. Of course, most of that comes uh, through his work as a as a receiver. But Chubb played eight games with uh, before Hunt came back, eight games with Hunt. He averaged 20 fantasy points, 19.6 fantasy points per game in the first eight. Uh, just under 13 fantasy points per game in the next eight with Hunt on uh, on the roster on the field. His targets took a dip. His receiving yards obviously took a dip. And and actually, it was his touchdowns that that really hurt him. He scored 12 in the first eight games, only four in the last four. Uh, so maybe that part is uh, is a little more fluky, something we can't count on. But uh, essentially, all of his numbers took a serious hit with. Kareem Hunt on the field and um, it, it's it's not that he's not a player I don't want on my roster like Matt said these are all first rounders all valuable players but I'm just not willing to invest my my first overall pick or or my first pick in a, a startup draft in Nick Chubb so Chubb Chubb and Thomas are the three picks going Dan Ryan and then Matt now we're on to the second round and there's a lot of interesting names here fellas guys worthy of of being selected as as the guy we're we're trying to distance ourselves from. Mike Evans is a guy I considered at thirteen. Um, other guys that that are intriguing, of course. Some people might pick Aaron Jones because of the twenty five year old running back. Uh, he's twenty two. Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback in our ADP, he's at twenty three. So perhaps some would choose him. Odell Beckham Jr. is at twenty four at the bottom of the round. We, we made it a clean sweep here, though, fellas. 19 overall, according to DLF ADP, Derek Henry. Matt, talk to me about why Henry is the guy that you're distancing yourself from on your dynasty rosters. I, I just... I just don't want him. <laughs> I just don't want running backs that catch pa- that don't catch passes. I don't think that he's going to be able to repeat what he did last season. 
and we were talking about these older running backs or these running backs that are coming up on their second contract, and Henry is right there. Uh, I guess you could make the argument that you know he basically didn't play for his first three years, so he has a little bit le- le- more tread left on his tires than some of these higher-use running backs earlier in their careers. But uh, I just I just don't see the same uh, ability for Tennessee to produce like they did on offense in 2020 as they did in 2019. So mostly because of the pass catching thing. If I'm going to take a running back there, you know, give me Miles Sanders. You know, a little bit earlier, give me Josh Jacobs or Jonathan Taylor, the rookie. Um, I just think there are other options. I mean, I would even prefer Aaron Jones over uh, over uh, uh, Derrick Henry, who's going later in that round, like you mentioned, Dan. So there's just a lot better options there. I'm not willing to put myself in that. Derrick Henry basket and with my second round pick. Yeah, I'm not either, Ryan. Anything to add there? Yeah, just uh, the only other thing I would throw on is just a, a little bit of a concern about Henry's age. Matt kind of alluded to that with, with the second contract status even. But if you look at, I think Henry's currently 25. So if you look at 26-year-old running backs, uh, there's just not many of them showing up in the first couple rounds of our ADP uh, typically. So you have to think, even with even if he repeats his performance from last year, you have to think Henry is in for a fall in value just based on age alone. So it's it's one of those assets that has almost no chance to gain value. Yeah, 25 years old, as you mentioned, and the first 26-year-old doesn't come till the end of round three, and that's Kenyon Drake at 36 overall. So... You make a good point there. Things really taper off with these running backs when when you get to 25 and especially 26 years old. With that, let's move on to that third round where Matt and I both chose the same player here. And that's the first player in the third round, Leonard Fournette, 25-year-old running back. Of course, had all the production, Matt, last season as a pass catcher. But I think most dynasty owners that own Fournette out there are questioning whether that's something that will be replicated moving forward. What are your thoughts on Fournette and why you're trying to distance yourself from him? Yeah, the the pass catching it certainly came in that third year with Jacksonville. Um I just I don't expect 100 targets again for Fournette. I just don't think he's that kind of player, you know. Uh, the, the year before that, obviously, only played eight games, but only 26 targets there. And then as a rookie uh, in 13 games, 48 targets. So I just don't think he's going to hit that plateau unless unless their wide receivers just continue to not develop. You know, they've got DJ Chark there, of course. Um, and I'm sure they will add to that in, in this upcoming class. So I just don't see him as as that guy that's going to be a 100-target running back. Maybe maybe I'm wrong there, and if I am wrong, then I'm definitely wrong with this pick. But between between that and between his injury concerns that are is ongoing, I mean, he was healthy last year for for the majority of season. He played 15 games last year. I don't know. I just feel like just like with every other pick, I feel like what I've picked in this round in this third round, I feel like there are are much better options there. Other players in the third round, you know, I, I know I'm not. I, apparently, I'm the only one that likes Keenan Allen left in the in the dynasty landscape. Uh, but I like Keenan Allen still there. DK Metcalf still there. I just can't. Not imagine taking these guys uh, over or, or taking Leonard Fournette over guys like this. Yeah, added to that, AJ Brown. If you want a quarterback, Lamar Jackson falls after him. Uh, DeAndre Swift for the young running back fans and Cortland Sutton. Uh, if you want that tight end, it's t- Travis Kelsey. So you're, you're right. There are a lot more intriguing names. I completely agree with you, Ryan. Uh, you went a different way. You went towards the end of round three. I did, and a player that you already mentioned um, for for some of those same reasons, Kenyon Drake, uh, at the end of round three, you talked about him already being 26 years old. 
Uh, I think we all kind of know the story with Drake, of course, struggled in in Miami for years, really. Uh, and then after after the trade to Arizona last year, had a ton of ton of success. Three huge games, especially three games over uh, of 28 or more fantasy points. And I think that's that's what really has has boosted his stock. And and of course, the the recent trade of uh, David Johnson and kind of clearing the way for Drake to to retain that role in 2020 has boosted his value. But if you if you look at that ADP, he's simply being overvalued now. Um, six months ago, he was outside of the top 100, even after that, that hot start with Arizona. Um, at the beginning of the offseason, you look at January ADP, he was 64 overall, 61 overall. That's, that's really where I'm more comfortable investing in him, uh, who I, f- I feel like he's a short-term asset. Uh, but now that he's, he's in the 30s, uh, there's, it, he's just, I mean, he's, he's one of the most clearly... Uh, most clear sell high players I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and there there's reason to doubt whether he'll hold that value even moving forward. I don't think anybody would be shocked if a mid round pick was used by the by the Cardinals on a running back to bring in another guy that could contribute at that position. Fournette, of course, was mine and and Matt choice. Um, Drake, a nice choice by Ryan. There were some others to to consider here. Julio Jones at 26 overall, 31-year-old wide receiver. Also, Travis Kelsey, 30-year-old tight end. We're not too far away from distancing ourselves from those aging pass catchers as well. Let's move on to the fourth round. And and after those first three rounds, guys, we, we made nine selections between the three of us. And all but one was a running back. Uh, the one, of course, not non-running back, Matt, taking Michael Thomas in the first round. We're going we're gonna to get away from that running back position here, though, Ryan. Why don't you kick us off for round four? Sure. I, I will first say that it was, it was tough to pick a player from round four. Uh, that's, yep. it, it looks like a hot spot. Lots of players I would want to target there. So knowing that I'm, I'm in a couple of startup drafts, the fourth round is maybe if you can uh, move up or down the board where you would want to start stacking some picks. But uh, the player I ultimately chose was the one at the top of the round, 4.01 Stefan Diggs, uh, recently traded, of course, to Buffalo. So I think there's there's already con- some concerns about any wide receiver switching teams. Uh, Addison Hayes has done a recent study at DLF showing that uh, even those those star wide receivers usually take a hit in production when they – uh, when they're changing teams. So that's that's a small concern. I mean, we can't pretend that we're all confident with Josh Allen as a, as a passer. Uh, I won't say a quarterback because he's putting up fantasy numbers uh, with his legs, but uh, still some doubts with him as a passer. And, and then for me, it really just comes down to the other players, the other wide receivers that I see drafted after digs, including C.D. Lamb, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy. That's just in that round. I would want all of those guys uh, before Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that's a good pick and a guy that I considered as well. You know, you look across the landscape of this fourth round, fellas, and this is where you see a lot of these rookies sprinkled in, J.K. Dobbins and C.D. Lamb, also Jerry Judy, Cam Akers, and then lots more youth. There, There's a lot of, of what we saw in rounds one, two, and three, these young guys that you're building 
your team around. And, and while typically I wouldn't select one of those players, one of those guys with big upside in a nice offense that has a lot of youth, uh, I'm going to do that here. When I when I looked across this, this round and I felt a lot of, of what you said there, Ryan, there's a lot of players I want to build my team around. And, and while I like Mark Andrews and want him on my dynasty roster, if I'm considering him across the, the rest of these players, he's the guy that I, I most question moving forward. Uh, 23-year-old tight end. If, if I'm First of all, if I'm picking in this round, I'm not investing the pick in a tight end, even one that, that put up the numbers that he did uh, in a tight end-centric um, offense, I guess, if you will. There's, there's just so many other players I'd rather have in this, in this range. So I'll take Andrews, but with that, I want to give the caveat that, that I don't mind Andrews if I already have him on my team. I'm just, I'm just not targeting him in a startup right here. Matt, who do you have in round four? Yeah, I went with another Jacksonville player, uh, DJ Chark here, and like you said, there's just so many other good wide receivers here. If I'm going to take, I'm going to go that route. I, I I'm just still not a believer in the Jacksonville franchise. Minshew certainly showed uh, some flashes as a rookie, and hopefully he can build on that. And Chark himself, he he started off hot too, but after. Uh, after week eight, I believe he only had uh, two usable games in in, all, in in fantasy football for us last year. Uh, I'm not really sure that he is going to be the wide receiver one there if they invest highly at that position. It's certain. I mean, they have all these bit players, right? They still have Marquise Lee is still hanging around and D.D. Westbrook and all these guys. Um, but uh, I just, I just, I'm not sure that he is going to be the one there. And even if he is, I'm not sure that he's going to be uh, uh, somebody that I want to take in this round, especially over those rookies, especially over Allen Robinson. And, and maybe even Stefan Diggs. And, and like Ryan said, I was, uh, with, with Stefan Diggs, you know, he, he was a first consideration. But then I looked down later in the round and saw Chark there. So um, uh, even even Diggs I would prefer over over Chark at this point. So uh, just not somebody that I'm going to I'm gonna invest in a fourth-round pick in. I would rather have uh, you know a, a number of these other guys. Yeah, I, I like both of your guys' choices. I thought we were going, going with – the same too many times, I guess. So, so I went with Andrews, uh, for the record, I would, I would pick Diggs or Chark probably over Andrews, but, but wanted to differentiate a little bit. I think we're going to be able to do it in round five guys. Cause Ryan, unlike Ryan's round cheater. four, where, where we agreed that there was a lot of guys that, that we, we wanted on our teams and we don't want to distance ourselves from, it's the opposite in round five. There, there's a lot of guys to choose from here and, and guys that would make sense if you're trying to distance yourself, especially at the running back position. Yeah, and it, uh, I honestly couldn't even narrow it down. There, there are six running backs drafted in this round, uh, one of them being Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm, I'm going to give him a pass still. Still like his upside. We're, we'll see where he lands. But the other five, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, uh, Devin Singletary, Kerryon Johnson, and David Montgomery, I don't want any of those as as fifth rounders. Both Carry On and and Devin Singletary very worried about their teams adding a running back uh, here in a couple weeks. Gurley and Gordon, uh, I think th- they're going to give us probably one more year of, of good production. If I've got them on my team and I'm a contender, that's okay. But looking at the other options in this round, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, and uh, even even Jarvis Landry and Evan Ingram. I just can't imagine taking a running back over any of those players. Matt, how about you? You went running back as well. 
Yeah, Ryan cheated a little bit. I, I definitely thought about all of those running backs, but I narrowed it down to one. I did pick Carryon Johnson. I also could have gone with the guy you picked pretty easily, uh, Dan. But I just like Ryan said, I'm just worried that the, he's going to get maybe not replaced or maybe not even lose the lead back role necessarily unless they really spend up at the position, get one of these top top four to five guys. But I do think that his he's he's proven to us that he is not someone that can handle a lead back role all to himself. So we I think we all had high hopes that he was going to be that next bell cow because he has that all around skill set. He's a good receiver, uh, but he just he can't stay on the, on the field. Right. So uh, uh, only played in 10 games his rookie season, only eight last year. Uh, in 2019 and you know this just seems like this just seems like that the Lions aren't aren't really willing to trust him anymore especially given Matt Patricia's desire to run the ball and play defense you know so it just seems like this is going to be an underrated spot for one of these these rookie running backs yeah I think Matt's right I did cheat and if I had to pick one (laughs) if I had to pick one of these guys I think it probably would be carry on Johnson looking at his numbers a little bit more and we know he's dealt with injuries uh, but even when he's been on the field, he's not lived up to expectation. He's never had a single game where he was a top eight fantasy running back. Wow. So he's got two games as an RB9. He has one game in his career with more than 20 fantasy points. So it, I just, I'm just not sure the upside is there, especially after they dra- draft a day two running back. The the only kind of feather in his cap is that he came in the league pretty young. He's only going to be twenty three this coming season. Like that's that's the only like real positive I can see for him at this point. And that's that's yeah. why there's probably a conversation between him and and Gurley. I mean, yeah. we we think Gurley's going to give us one more year max. Maybe Gordon gives us two more years max. But Carryon hasn't given us anything yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, Carryon hasn't given us anything, and that that you know he's really living. All of his dynasty value comes off that that draft capital and that initial surge that we all kind of felt. That's why I picked David Montgomery. It feels like he's on the same path, really. Um, he's only a year down the road, though, and and while they're only separated by by Jarvis Landry in ADP, it feels like both of them are, you know, while well, they're both 22 years old and they're both playing the same division, it, it, there's so many similarities between the two that it feels like they're they're going down the same path as I mentioned. So Montgomery Johnson, they're both good choices. Um, I I like both of them as guys that I'm I'm kind of trying to distance myself from. Gurley and Gordon, you know, you mentioned the one year, one more year. It feels safe. I, I think there's probably the the possibility that it's more than a year, uh, more than two years even. But obviously that goes down as each year passes. So while while I agree that you could put any running back in here, it seems it seems like a landslide that Carryon Johnson should be the guy, and, and maybe a close second uh, would be David Montgomery for me. Let's move on to round six, Ryan. Who is your choice here of a guy that you're distancing yourself from? I went with another aging running back here, Le'Veon Bell, in the sixth round. Again, just just not a player I'm willing to invest in at that price. Sixth round, you're still certainly talking starters and and even plenty of uh, young, high-upside starters. And we kind of knew what was in store for Le'Veon Bell, leaving the Steelers, sitting out of football for a year. But you look at look at his numbers. 2011, he had uh, – or 2014, I should say, he had 11 RB1 games. Then he had 10 in 2016. He, he was injured uh, in 2015. 2016, he had 10. 2017, he had 13. Sits out 2018. Last year, he has six RB1 games. Still pretty respectable. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. But now you 
fast forward to this year and that's that just jets offense is still kind of a disaster and we expect those numbers to only go down so maybe he gives us three or four rb1 games uh this year and and his value is just completely shot so just just another player that has has no upside as far as gaining value the only surprise is i think i'd still rather have him than than Gurley. so i'm surprised to see a gap between those two yeah, I was just thinking the same yeah. thing as we talked about it. Gurley and Gordon were were side by side earlier. We talked about them at 50 and 51 in ADP. And now you move down the board and Le'Veon Bell's all the way down at 65. So more than a round difference. And it seems like at the very least, they feel like similar players while there is a couple of years in age, uh, maybe maybe separating them because none of them are in ideal situations and all of them have have a little bit of age factor as dynasty owners. It seems like they should be closer. I went with bell for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned there, Ryan, just a guy I'm not excited about having on my roster. Matt, you went another way, though. Yeah, I went with a tight end. I went with Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, last offseason, I think he was our, I don't know if he was our official biggest sell of, of the 2019 offseason, but he was definitely one of the ones we, we wanted to move on from. And his price has certainly fallen since then down into the sixth round. Uh, but at my, my strategy at tight end this year is I want to spend up for Kittle or Andrews or, or even Evan Ingram, or I just, there, there's enough guys at the bottom end of that tight end rung that I'm willing to wait, you know, several more rounds. So uh, just not someone I want to invest in, you know, 2019, like the, the kind of the stars are, sorry, 2018, the stars kind of aligned for him where basically there was no other wide receivers that were healthy and he got 156 targets, you know, put up that massive 116 reception season. Uh, and then last year it kind of happened again, right? Alshon Jeffrey got hurt. Deshaun Jackson got hurt. They just can't keep any uh, healthy wide receivers or any productive wide receivers there. Uh, this time it wasn't as massive though. You know, he still had 900 yards, but certainly a downgrade from uh, where he was in 2018, you know, catch percentage kind of came back to his, his career average. All of those numbers kind of came back down to that near that career average. So um, I don't, unless it happens again for a third year in a row, I just, I just think that there are better options in that range. We've talked about some of them and, uh, and I would, I would just rather have one of these younger tight ends, you know, I think he's, Ertz is kind of low key, 29 years old, just barely younger than Travis Kelsey. And we know what the production difference between those two have been over the last four seasons. So uh, just not someone I want to invest my sixth round pick in. The interesting set thing you said there to me, Matt, was how how you want to invest in a high-end tight end. I, I agree with Ertz being a guy that's time to start distancing yourself from for a lot of the reasons you said there. But it feels like if you're distancing yourself from Ertz, I guess maybe not if you go way to the top, if, you, if you're going to get grab yourself a Kittle, if you're going to maybe get into Andrews, although I listed him as, as a guy I'm distancing myself from. It feels like if you're not in on Ertz, you're probably not in on Kelsey. And you're you're if you're not willing to go all the way up for the super young elite tight end, you're probably waiting till till that 10 to 15 range, grabbing a few of those types of guys and hoping you hit lightning in a bottle at that position. I mean, yeah, give me uh, give me 
J- Jack Doyle and his 90 targets this year with Philip Rivers, you know, for, for, you know, a fraction of the cost of Ertz. So, yeah, I just, I just think there's enough guys that can finish as that low end or back end tight end one that I'm, I'm willing to wait on, on Ertz if I'm not going to pay up for, like you said, Andrews or, or Kittle. Kelsey, I still don't mind his price either just because we know what he's done. I think it's four straight years as the tight end one overall, and he is 30, but he's in that offense, and we've seen tight ends produce, you know, into their mid 30s fairly regularly. And, and, and I think that Kelsey's probably one of those guys. So even him, I would rather spend up for Kelsey than I would for Kittle in the sixth round. So Matt, you went with Zach Ertz in round six. You dipped back into the tight end pool in round seven as well. Yeah, uh, Darren Waller, you know, again, I think the stars align for him. I still like the player, but he's, you know, low-key old too. I think he's going to be 28 this season um, and certainly just this one year of production. So, uh, again, you know, a young 28. But, the, again, the stars kind of allied for him with no wide receiver targets. Tyrell, uh, Tyrell Williams got hurt early, and there wasn't really much else to go off of him. You know, Hunter Renfro wasn't going to take targets from him, but, you know, everyone has one of these high-end wide receivers mocked, maybe even multiple high-end wide receivers mocked to the Raiders in this upcoming draft, whether it's Lamb or Judy or, or Ruggs or whoever it is, you know, I just think that it's not going to be the same game for, for Darren Waller this year. Foster Moreau was also impressive as a rookie last season. And then I, I can't imagine Witten is going to take too much time from, uh, from Darren Waller, probably more like a player coach, but you know, he's just, just another mouth defeat at that position. So I just don't see the same level of production from Darren Waller this year. So the same, 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 really the same argument for Ertz. Uh, it just, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to reach farther down if I've already waited this long for my tight end. Ryan, I had my mind on two running backs in round seven. You went with one. So I went with the other. Who'd you choose? I went with Chris Carson here. He's uh, near, near the top of this round and, uh, running back is certainly getting thin. We know that uh, here in the seventh round. A couple of other options I do like more, though. Even even Kareem Hunt, who we talked about earlier, um, I, I would actually take your guy over my guy. I'd, I'd take the player you're you're going to choose over Chris Carson. Just really worried about that uh, about that injury. It sounds like he's going to be back week one, but still, obviously, a long way um, a long way to go until that happens. And if you believe mock drafts, there are a lot of them out there that project the Seahawks to take a day two running back. And if that's the case, then it could potentially slam the door on Carson uh, as a starter and, and certainly his dynasty value. He's, he's already been a player that dynasty owners were, uh, ha- have been uncertain about pretty much his entire career. It was interesting looking at the ADP with Chris Carson. He went as high as 63rd in, in a mock draft. That's, that's a pretty big investment in a guy like Chris Carson, but fell all the way to 103 outside the top 100 in in one other mock. So dynasty owners are all over the map when it comes to Chris Carson, and that landed him at 74 overall. I went with that guy at 77 overall, Darius Geis, another guy that, that was all over the place. 58 is his high, all the way down to 100 as his low. And while I don't feel like he belongs in, in the triple digits when it comes to uh, startup price, he he doesn't doesn't belong at 58 either. And it's for a lot of the reasons you mentioned with Carson, the injury. Uh, Geis, it's, it's his injury history. He can't stay on the field. And while I, I believe there's some upside and, and there's a lot to be said about being only 22, there's going to be opportunity in that Redskins offense to – to put up some numbers, both as a pass catcher and a runner, he just hasn't simply hasn't shown it to this point. So a guy I'm, I'm not excited to have on my team. And for those reasons, he'll be the guy that I'm trying to distance myself from in round seven. How about round eight, Ryan? Who'd you go with here? 
there were a lot of options in round eight. A yeah. lot of a lot of players I would be trying to avoid. Uh, I chose ultimately Austin Hooper. Uh, signed the new deal, the big deal with Cleveland, and to me that that hurts his his value. It hurts his production. Uh, I, I think last year will probably ultimately end up being his best career season. Uh, and, and again, it's it's kind of the same story as as it's been with so many other players, we have the the benefit of hindsight here. We're looking at this full list and it's, it's not always the way you can draft just saying you're, you're going to wait around for the next guy. But when I see Dallas Goddard behind him, uh, more than a full round behind him, that tells me I want to wait or, uh, or even on some of these other younger tight ends that, uh, that I would have more confidence in. So simply, uh, I just think he's being overdrafted. And I think the move to Cleveland is a negative for Hooper. Yeah, I had Hooper originally, and as I rescanned the the board, uh, another name popped out at me. So I quickly deleted Hooper and put in the name James Conner. You mentioned earlier, Ryan, maybe a team that drafts a running back and that current starter just plummets down the board. I think that screams James Conner. It's pretty obvious at this point that Pittsburgh has plans to invest in the position in the draft. It seems like every mock draft that the three of us do based off a seven round mock has the Steelers taking a second or a third round running back. And and one of those top five guys that we all anticipate could be dynasty darlings and guys that could contribute to our dynasty rosters in years to come. Those, those guys always get a quick bump. If we see one of those top three or four names end up in Pittsburgh in the second round, that guy's going to be highly coveted among dynasty owners and that'll push James Conner down. So, well, that's probably enough to to make James Conner the guy I'm, I'm I'm trying to avoid. When you add on the injury history, the constant worry when you have him in your starting lineup, if if after one game uh, or one carry he could go out for the game and you could miss that production, it seemed like that happened over and over and over. I remember Ryan, you counted those up for us uh, earlier in the off season on the DLF Dynasty podcast, and it was mind boggling. He continued to go out in the first quarter of games, and Dynasty owners were left with a zero or a point one or something like that in their lineups. He was a Dynasty killer. I don't want those kinds of guys on my roster, or and certainly not in my lineup. So Connor's the guy I'm going to try to distance myself from. I've, I've already done that. I don't own him on any of the 14 dynasty rosters I have. I don't think Ryan and I will be picking him up in round eight of our, our mock that or our, our startup that we're doing right now. Uh, so Ryan goes with Austin Hooper. I took James Connor as the dynasty distancing. Matt, who do you have in round eight? I think uh, is this the first quarterback we've we've listed? I think it is, right? I went with Josh. I think so. Yeah. I went with Josh Allen here. I think he's kind of at that line where, like, once I get to Josh Allen, like, if if I don't have my quarterback yet, if I haven't spent up for Mahomes or Jackson or even throw Kyler Murray to Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, even in there, uh, you know, maybe even Russell Wilson. He's off. He's a little bit older, obviously, than all of these guys. But once we get past past those top five to six guys. Uh, I, I just like what's I, I could wait another round after Allen and get Carson Wentz. I could wait four more rounds after that and get, you know, Stafford, Ryan, Goff, those guys. So uh, I, I just don't think I like Allen in, in a one quarterback setting. I don't think I like Allen enough uh, to not wait on these other guys that are there. So he's kind of in no man's land, I think, there in, in this particular round. Uh, and I would just at this point, I would just rather wait, continue to wait a quarterback if I haven't grabbed one of the top options. 
All right, let's get through these last two rounds relatively quickly. Ryan, in round nine, who'd you pick here? I went with Ronald Jones here, another player that I'm almost certain uh, his team will be drafting a running back of the Buccaneers. Uh, Jones was, was just atrocious as a rookie in 2018. Uh, a little more success last year. Uh, had uh, <clears throat> had a couple of big games throughout the season, but uh, really we're still talking just about two games as a top 10 uh, running back, and, and those were few and far between. So I, I think the Buccaneers, as I said, will be – adding a running back and and that will most likely just kill uh jones value yeah i took jones as well for all those same reasons matt you had a nice selection at the running back position here as well yeah raheem mostart i mean he obviously hasn't had an impressive run uh but you know at this point in the draft i I just i just think there are better options available still even even in the the in ninth round you know i don't i'm not calling that a late round pick but you know getting there uh but you know he's he's 28 you guys (laughs) like that did you guys know that rookie mostard is that old i i I did not um so at that point i'm not going to take a back like that even ronald jones only 22 going to be 23 obviously but i could get you know damian williams in the same round if i'm really looking at running back one of these rookies like like uh you know zach moss is not going too much later i would even still rather have someone like philip Lindsay, who is going you know quite a bit later uh, 20 picks or so later than uh certainly more than a round later than raheem Mostert at this point so i just think it's going to continue to be the same thing in san francisco it's going to be a rotation of these backs we're not going to know which one to start every week uh and i i certainly don't think he's going to emerge as the only like the, the pure starter there in san francisco so i'll pass on Mostert at this price yeah, I'd pass as well. Nice selection there. Round 10 brought our second clean sweep of this exercise, fellas. Jordan Howard was picked by all three of us as the guy to to distance ourselves from Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, really almost the same story uh, as Ronald Jones, as, as some of these other running backs. We, we know the Dolphins will be adding uh, a running back. They've got so many picks routinely linked with guys like DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins in the first couple of rounds. Uh, and Jordan Howard was was basically a, a nice placeholder with Chicago, had a, had a couple of good surprising years there, was a placeholder with Philadelphia that didn't even last half a season, and now it's the same role in Miami. And if they do get Swift or Dobbins, top two round guy, that he, he won't hold that place for long. Matt, anything to add? No, I mean, he's only 25, <laughs> I guess. You know, he's probably going to have some games in there where you wish you had started him. Maybe you get lucky and you started him as a bi-week flex option. But but like Ryan said, he's probably not going to be the – maybe he'll be the, the, the quote-unquote lead back there while rookie is, you know – getting his feet wet or whatever, but he is certainly not the long-term option really for any team. Uh, and in the 10th round, even again in the 10th round, there's still better options there for you to take for, for future value, I think. Matt, are you sure that dynasty owners will wish they had started him? <laughs> I mean, you know, in his career? you know, maybe he'll have like a three touchdown game somewhere in there. You know, you never know though. There might be one yard might, touchdowns. Yeah. That's what I mean. Three carries, end. three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just realized, fellas, uh, we're all running back haters. Matt, you selected five of them in your ten picks. Ryan, you took eight. I guess unless you count round five where you went with one, two, three, four, five <laughs> different running backs. I had ten picks. I took nine running backs. As, as, so I'm distancing myself from the running back position. 
hoping for those real flex leagues where you don't have to start any running backs. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we have a draft to get to. But before we do that, we should talk about our friends at DynastyOwner.com. Everybody out there, do you think you are smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player. There is no offseason in Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. Come do a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL player contracts and salaries, then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and will be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for rookie drafts in May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. So for the last month, guys, we've been doing Dynasty rookie mock drafts based off seven round mock drafts that we find on the internet. This week, Ryan found one from USA Today by Luke Easterling. I think that's... That's it. That's right. Uh, It seems since it's the week of Easter that that would be uh, appropriate. Uh, Matt, you drew the first pick in this one quarterback rookie mock. Why don't you kick things off? I'm going to go with the pick in the second round uh, in the NFL draft, and that's J.K. Dobbins to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, With this landing spot, he is – uh, the most attractive running back to me. I'm sure the other ones will get taken soon. The ones that went, the one that went in the in the first round, first round certainly. Uh, but with this team, with this fit, with Dobbins, uh, as you talked about, you're avoiding John, uh, uh, James Conner there, Dan. I, I think this is one of those reasons why you would avoid James Conner is somebody like J.K. Dobbins landing landing with the Steelers. Uh, not quite the perfect fit. I think I think Taylor would be the perfect fit with this particular team, but Dobbins certainly close behind him there. That is a bit of a surprise for me, Matt. I, w- I wouldn't have gone with Dobbins first. I, in fact, I would have gone back and forth between the top two running backs that went in this mock draft. I'm going to I'm gonna t- actually take DeAndre Swift, though. I like the landing spot a little bit better than Jonathan Taylor's. I think there's a better chance for immediate production. So that bumps him up slightly over Jonathan Taylor. I'll take DeAndre Swift, who lands early in the second round as the second running back taken to the Miami Dolphins. All right. I guess I guess we're we're switching order here. Dan is just stealing my picks. <laughs> I'm used to it. That's okay. <laughs> you really wanted DeAndre Swift there. Uh, <laughs> did you really? I'm sorry. I I guess I should pay better attention. I actually drew the third pick. No, it's all right. So let's, let's Ryan, let's roll are you going to take Swift? Really? Let's let's roll with it. I'll take the third pick because that okay. that's an easy one here. Um, in this mock, and, and this is actually uh, very different from some of the others I've seen. One of my concerns at this point right now, uh, 10 days or so from the NFL draft is that so many of these mocks I look at that Jonathan Taylor is the third or sometimes even the fourth running back drafted behind Swift, behind Dobbins, and, and some of these other guys. In this mock from uh, from USA Today and Luke Easterling, he is a first-rounder to the Tennessee Titans, uh, 29th overall pick. I will take him. Uh, of course, um, Derrick Henry is there. 
for most likely one more year. In in this scenario, it would be one more year. Uh, Henry's playing under the franchise tag, and it would be Taylor's job from there. So uh, the presence of Henry would not scare me off from Taylor as a as a top three pick. Ryan, I apologize for stepping on your toes and stealing your draft pick. Apparently, we we made a swap for the entire draft. Uh, I moved up one spot and didn't have to pay much at all. In fact, I moved up one spot throughout the entire draft for nothing. Uh, What are the worst trades you've ever made, Ryan? Uh, Matt, let's move on to you at 104. Yeah, I think it's time to go to the wide receiver position at this point. Um, And out of these top three guys of the landing spots, uh, you know, I – I don't really like any of them, but my top wide receiver is CeeDee Lamb, and he went to the Raiders. That's definitely the most favorable one for me. So uh, at the 112 pick by the Raiders, I'll take CeeDee Lamb with the 104. I like that pick, Matt. I would have taken CeeDee Lamb at five if you would have let him go. I'm going to make a little bit of a left turn and and probably surprise you guys. Maybe, Maybe not. Maybe you'll call me a homer for making this pick. There's one player that I love landing in Green Bay outside of those top three wide receivers. And that one player, if he lands in Green Bay, I think moves up draft boards. It's Justin Jefferson, and somehow he slides all the way to the 30th pick to the Packers, pairing him in that offense with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's an ideal fit. Perfect. And one of the only ways that Justin Jefferson moves all the way into the top five is landing in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Since he does that, I'll take him at number five. All right, at six, uh, this this trade is working out pretty well for me, yeah. Dan. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take Jerry Judy. Uh, don't love the landing spot with the Jets. We've talked about it on other episodes. As they are, they are projected to take a first round receiver in in nearly every mock you look at. So uh, I don't love that piece. But again, playing uh, going with the assumption that Adam Gaze will be gone uh, sooner rather than later. Judy outside of the top five is a steal. I, at 107, I'm going to continue to avoid Henry Ruggs, the third receiver taken in this draft. Uh, I'm going to go to the first time I've seen a receiver other than Justin Jefferson mocked to Philadelphia, and that's Denzel Mims, my current wide receiver three before we know actual landing spots. So he lands with the Eagles at the 21st pick in the first round, uh, and I'll take him here at 107. Yeah, I should clarify the reason I went with Jefferson over Judy was because Judy landed – with the Jets, uh, and uh, since you took Mims, Matt, a uh, nice pick there, I will, I guess I am going to take, I'm going to take Jalen Rager, what? who lands who in the first round with the Vikings at the 22nd pick, kind of went back and forth between him and two other players, I'm sure you guys will swipe up those two right now. I'm going to, I'm going to swipe up one of them, I think, um, I will take here uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, falls to the the latter part of the second round, but I like the landing spot in Baltimore. Uh, he is routinely projected to be the uh, RB four or five, and and with this landing spot, I think that that puts him over the top for me. Matt, that puts you on the clock at the tenth pick. I, I am I am sh- I am shocked that no one has taken Ruggs yet, but I, I, I feel like I should take him, but I am not going to. I'm going to go with my my overall favorite running back of this class. He did fall to the third round, but Cam Akers goes to the Rams. If he goes to the Rams, he's the starter. Forget Malcolm Brown. Forget Daryl Henderson. Forget John Kelly. John Kelly. Uh, it's Cam Akers mm, if he goes to the Rams. I, I'm not sure Henderson doesn't doesn't take half of that workload or something like that. 
which would hurt both of them really and, and make Akers not quite as desirable as he could be in, in another offense. So I'm glad you let Henry Ruggs slide. Uh, he's the third wide receiver taken in this mock by Easterling. He goes to the San Francisco 49ers, which isn't the worst landing spot, especially for Ruggs, the speedster. Ruggs goes 11 to me in this mock, leaving Ryan the last pick in the first round. Yeah, and I think we might be, again, with this scenario, we might be looking at a uh, a, a teardrop here from 11 to 12. Uh, there's there's a big gap, I think, from Ruggs to everybody else on the board. Uh, I am going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk here. Uh, he's a second rounder early in the second round to the Indianapolis Colts. We know they have a big need at wide receiver. Uh, he could potentially go in there and start right away. So that's my pick to end the first round. And and that first round ended up going J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and Jonathan Taylor, followed up by a run on wide receivers, starting at number four with C.D. Lamb, then Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Denzel Mims, and Jalen Rager. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went ninth to Ryan, followed up by Cam Akers, Henry Ruggs at eleven. And then Brandon Ayuk to Ryan to close out the first round. Fellas, we have a little time. As we have over the last few weeks, we've tried to get two rounds in. Let's do it here. Matt, you have the first pick in round two. Yeah, easy one for me here. I will go with LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver, taken in the second round by the Baltimore Ravens. Love this. He offers something that nobody else in that receiver core offers the Ravens. Um, So loving that pick as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, as long as he can stay healthy indeed. Nice pick. I would have gone that way had he slipped. I'm going to stick with the wide receiver position. However, I'm going to take KJ Hamler out of Penn State. I think I've Taking him each week, we've done these mocks, guys. This time, he goes in the second round to Denver. Really like that fit. They could use that speedster, the guy to take the top off the defense. Hamler is that kind of player. I know he's small, uh, but, man, he's got the wheels, and and he's so crisp, smooth running. So I, I like him landing in Denver and like him as the 14th overall pick. At 15, 2.03, I'll take a, a player who is falling, certainly, and, and I'll scoop up that value, T. Higgins. Uh, in this mock draft, he goes uh, early in the third round. Uh, for a guy. This is a guy who was projected to be a first-rounder um, not so long ago. Didn't participate at the, in the combine. Had a, had a so-so at best pro day before things really got shut down. Um, so that that has hurt his value, but uh, I still still have a lot of faith in the player overall. Uh, so in this mock, he goes early in the third round to the Dolphins. And with 204, I'll take a player. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but I think he is rising, and that's Michael Pittman. He uh, he goes to Tampa Bay where his, his father, right, won a Super Bowl, I think Super Bowl 37. Uh, so that would be a fun fit just for that reason. Uh, certainly behind Evans and and uh, Godwin there, but another huge weapon uh, for for Tom Brady and that offense. I like that pick, Matt. Uh, didn't think you were going to go there, so I had him queued up for for my selection <laughs> here at the two hundred five. I'll have to pivot, and I think this is the pivot. this is the time to go to the quarterback position. And I still have Joe Burrow as my top quarterback. I'll take him right here at two hundred five. I did not see that coming, Dano. You threw me off. yeah i am the guy that usually waits i think this is the perfect storm with some of these other landing spots 
and uh, and really the guys, as I saw them going off the board, you guys keep keep sniping them. So so Burrow's the pick here. You'll have to take the other. Uh, top I'll I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let Matt do that. Uh, I think I'm going to go <laughs> to the wide receiver position. I'm going to take Brian Edwards, kind of like T. Higgins. This is another player whose stock is falling because of an injury, because of uh, the lack of team visits and and medical checks. But Brian Edwards in the uh, in in the middle part of the third round goes to Jacksonville. Definitely not a landing spot we would be excited about, although they do uh, have some opportunity in that receiver core uh, alongside DJ Chark. So Brian Edwards at the 2.06. Oh, that that was one of the guys I was talking about. Uh, would have liked to take Brian Edwards, but man, landing in Jacksonville, that doesn't doesn't get dynasty owners excited. It's a tough spot at the 207 here with pretty much everybody that I like in, in this, this range off of the board. Um, so I will, Ryan. You're right. I will. I will I will do what you said, and I will go back to my top quarterback, Tunga Vailoa, at the 207 here. He was, goes to the Dolphins in this format. I prefer if he somehow slips to the Chargers, but uh, a, certainly a fine landing spot in Miami. So two is off the board. That'll make things – a little more difficult for me because I was obviously going to go back to back quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, this mock that Easterling put together really made it difficult on, on us, especially late in the second round. There, there's a lot of players I like, and typically the second round is full of, full of guys that, that we want to want to try to add to our rosters, but it, it really made it difficult. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to dip into back into the wide receiver pole and, and, Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot again, Matt. I'm gonna, I'll take Zach Moss, Buffalo. He he goes in the third round to the Bills. Could be the compliment, maybe to Singletary. Could get the work part of that workload. While I'm not a big Zach Moss fan, a little bit of draft capital sticking in the third round and a landing spot where there's a need. So Zach Moss is the selection here at 208. 2.09. This feels like a good time to make a homer pick. So I'm going to take Lynn Bowden Jr., the wide receiver. In this mock, he goes in the fourth round to Dallas, um, which which is perfect. He can take over uh, take over that role for Randall Cobb, who left the Cowboys after last season. Matt, how about your final pick of this exercise? Um, I am going to. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out a name that probably is not gonna go in the late second. I'm not sure I would take him in the late second, but just to throw some different names out here, someone that I have started watching this past past week, and somebody that disappointed the car- combine, Quintez Cephas. He's uh he's Matt Waldman's new like I don't know if you want to call him his boo, but he's talking uh, very nicely about Quintez Cephas. He goes to the uh, to the Eagles, who again have need probably three wide receivers in this class if we're on if we're being honest with ourselves um so a big big body guy that uh is super aggressive at the catch point uh, and that's exactly what the eagles need i think uh to go along with uh, mems earlier in the draft yeah don't make fun of yourself for that pick there matt nice landing spot decent draft capital going in the fourth round would be a big big get for quintus cephas and add a lot for dynasty owners. Of course, I'm a big Wisconsin Badgers fan, so I'm a Cephas guy. He missed an entire year in 2018. There were some allegations off the field. Of course, those got dismissed, and and he was really proven innocent on, on the deal. So came back to Wisconsin and picked up right where he left off. A disappointing 40 time in 
in Indianapolis at the combine. I believe it was right around four seven, maybe four seven flat, which doesn't typically transfer to dynasty production and, and certainly not NFL production. So there there are some question marks, of course, but you you hit the nail on the head, Matt. Um, guy that can go get it. He likes to climb the ladder um, and and really attacks the football, which is something that us as dynasty owners really like. He could become a playmaker uh, at the next level. Ryan, anything to add there? Yeah, just uh, one thing that kind of stands out to me about Cephas is uh, an experience I, I had at the NFL Combine uh, when I got to go several weeks ago. Uh, I was listening into an interview of uh, Jeff Okuda, who is the uh, the top D back available, pro- projected as a top five pick um, from uh, from Ohio State, and the guy standing beside me during this interview session asked him who was the toughest wide receiver he faced in his career, and he said it was Quintez Cephas. And of, cl- of course, we know Ohio State has played uh, some big time competition over the past three years that that Okuda's been on the field. Yeah, so high praise from one of the highest prospects in the draft. It's all noteworthy. It's something, just a name to monitor on draft weekend as it approaches. So in our mock, we're at the 211. That puts me on the clock here. And I'm going to do, I'm going to take take the same path that you took there, Matt. Probably not a guy that is going to go in the second round of, of mock drafts, but I'll, I'll go back to that wide receiver position. I'm going to take Donovan Peoples-Jones, and a lot of it has to do with the landing spot here and, and the draft capital. Uh, he lands in Detroit in the third round, and I've, I've been critical of Donovan Peoples-Jones, but really it, it comes down to Shea Patterson and, and how he just ruined that offense at Michigan. And, and I really feel like there's a chance that Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a way better pro than he was a college player. Ryan, you're you're big into the Debbie community. Donovan Peoples Jones was it was a name that many of us were excited about a couple of years ago as he went to Michigan as that five star recruit. Really disappointed in his time with the Wolverines, but there were there was a lot of instances watching him where where you saw an underthrown pass and the DB comes back to swat it down. Uh, despite Peoples Jones being open, um, the stats certainly aren't there. But if there's if there's NFL general managers that think he's worthy of a third round pick, that's going to be worth keeping making note of as a dynasty owner. So so I'll slide him in here at the end of the second round. All right, I'll finish things off uh, the last pick of the second round, and I will take uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, in this mock, he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, late in the uh, fourth round, or I, I guess the middle of the fourth round, technically. Um, and Gibson is a player coming out of Memphis. He was listed as a running back, played a lot of slot receiver for them. And, and depending on whose rankings you look at or what site you're, you look at, we're not really sure if this guy's a running back or a wide receiver. Um, in, in this mock draft, the Buccaneers have already drafted Michael Pittman. We know uh, of course, they already have the two studs there, so not not necessarily a, a position of need for them. In, in this scenario, I could see them uh, moving Gibson and, and playing him a lot like Memphis did uh, as a running back, and then and then maybe shooting him out to the slot from time to time. Uh, but regardless, he is an explosive weapon as a playmaker, and late in the second round, somebody I want to grab. Yeah, I like that pick as well. There are a few other noteworthy names, guys that were worthy of considering. Interesting, Justin Herbert didn't go in the first two rounds. 
Also, Cole Komet was the first tight end off the board, according to Easterling. He went to Chicago in the second round and doesn't go in the first two rounds. Hunter Bryan, another tight end prospect, goes to the Cowboys, which is considered a nice landing spot potentially in the third round. He goes undrafted in this two-round mock. Some wide receivers as well, Antonio Gandy-Gibson, or excuse, excuse me, Antonio Gandy-Golden, I considered with my final pick. John Hightower was a third-rounder to the Giants. That's an interesting uh, potential landing spot. And then Chase Claypool lands with the Patriots, according to this mock in the third round as well. Other guys like Van Jefferson and KJ Hill and Bryson Hopkins were fourth round picks worth considering as well. Let's quickly run down this draft. First round, it went J.K. Dobbins, then DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and Jerry Judy. The second half of the first round went Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Cam Akers, followed by Henry Ruggs and Brandon Ayuk. Round two of our mock based off the seven-round NFL mock draft from USA Today by Luke Easterling. The 13th pick was LaVisca Chenault, followed by K.J. Hamler, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and Joe Burrow. Then it went Brian Edwards, Tua Tagovailoa, Zach Moss, Lynn Bowden, Quintez Cephas, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Antonio Gibson. This has been the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan for Ryan and Matt. I want to say thanks to everybody who listened. We'll catch you again next week as it's our last chance to talk about these rookies before they actually land on these NFL teams. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week.